Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Hey there, pretty lady. Hope you're having an awesome day. You know, one of the biggest reasons marriages break up is money. So it's so good to get a handle on money before you get married as a single person. And it's even better that when you're courting or when you're at the point where you're ready to marry someone, that you guys have some money conversations. Now, remember, these are conversations that you only have when you're courting or getting ready to get married. You don't have these conversations with somebody you're just dating. When I say by dating means that there's no commitment yet, there's no commitment of marriage, there's no engagement. That's what I mean. If you're just dating someone, you don't want to start asking them about money questions because that's intrusive and men value their privacy. But if the man has asked you to marry him or you guys are engaged and you're seeing each other exclusively for the point of marriage, then you can start to ask these questions. Now, why is it important? Because you need to know money problems account for more than 50% of divorces. Money problems account for more divorce-related issues than infidelity, than anything else. It's money problems. And when I say money problems, I don't necessarily mean that they don't have money, but that they argue about it. Think about it. You grow up differently than the person you're going to marry. They have different ways that they handle money. They have different ways that they see money. They have different financial goals. They have different financial habits. So how are you guys going to get together and not argue? There, There will be some differences there. Not only that, the spender typically marries marries the saver because opposites generally attract. So if you're a spender, you like spending, when when money falls into your hand, the first thought is, okay, what am I going to buy? Then you are typically going to marry a saver, somebody that has spreadsheets and budget and graphs. And it's like, you know what? You know, I project that if we save this much money, we can have this much at retirement. And we need to invest this and invest that. Now, that's a recipe for disaster if the two of you don't understand each other from the beginning. So you really need to have some hard conversations before you get married because you don't want to get married. And then you say, well, why did I marry this person? You want to get to know them, their financial habits. So you kind of already know what you're dealing with. Okay. now here are some questions to ask if when you are, again, engaged, ready to get married. Okay. number one. You need to ask yourself, what kind of habits that you have about money? Are you a spender or are you a saver? Which one are you? Which one is your spouse to be? Is he the spender or is he the saver? And you have to understand that about each other so that you can already have a certain level of grace with each other. And so you can already know, okay, you, so you, so it's, it doesn't surprise you that he's wondering why you spend so much money. And it, and it doesn't surprise you why he's wondering or why he spent all this money on sneakers and a vacation and all that. If he's a spender, you need to know ahead of time what the the habits of this person in relation to finances. What are their habits? Are they the spender or am I the spender? Are they the saver or am I the saver? 
And what does that mean? Now, being the spender may seem like it's a bad thing, but it's not really. Because if it wasn't for the spender, the saver would not enjoy their life. The saver would just be saving. They would never go on vacation. They would never buy nice things. They would just, they, they just, just wouldn't enjoy their life as much. They would, they would die with a bunch of money. So they need each other. Just like this, if it wasn't for the saver, the spender won't have any future, <laughs> any, any money say, set aside for the future. So they both need each other. And one is not necessarily bad, but the secret is to have balance. And, you know, you learn from each other. So number one, find out your financial habits. Are you the spender or are you the saver? And number two, you need to ask each other, do we have jobs that will take care of our bills? Most young people, when I talk to them and I ask them about marriage, they're like, oh, I'm not ready to get married. And I ask them, are you able to pay your bills? And they say, yes, I pay my bills every month. And I said, then you're ready to get married. If you can pay your bills and the person you want to get married to can pay your their bills, you're fine. You guys are fine because actually now you have a little bit more income. Let's say you live in a $600 a month apartment, which doesn't exist anymore. But let's just say you live in a $600 a month apartment and you get married to someone. Now you're splitting that $600 a month apartment between the two of you. You know, so if you can pay your bills, you're ready to get married. So you want to ask each other. Do we have jobs that will take care of our bills? You know, one of you may be in school at the time. So can the other person's job pay the bills. You need to know that. Don't be so much in love that you don't you don't think about that until after you get married, then you have this tremendous financial pressure. Okay? Number 3, are we going to have a joint account? This is very crucial. I counsel married people, and one of the things that comes up a lot especially for the women is that he doesn't contribute to the the bills, you know, or the spender doesn't contribute to the bills. So, what I recommend, you can do whatever you decide works for your home. But what I recommend is that you have a joint account for the bills. There's a certain percentage of each person's paycheck or business or whatever you have that goes into that joint account and all the bills go out of that. Then I also recommend each of you having your own accounts so that you can spend however you want or do whatever you want. You know, you can also have a joint savings. So a certain percentage goes towards your savings, goes towards your future. But you each should have your own account that you can buy and do what you want without feeling any sense of guilt. So you have an account for bills, checking, joint checking, and then you have a joint savings that for saving for your future. But then with the joint savings, you guys really have to have ground rules for that so that, you know, he his friends don't tell him about a new motorcycle, then he can't help it. And he goes and empties the savings and buys the motorcycle. So you have to have ground rules for the savings, but you definitely need to have a joint account for your bills. If nothing else, if you can, you know, save together, you definitely need to have a joint account for the bills because what happens is that one person feels like they're, if you don't do that, one person feels like they're bearing the, the weight of the the burden of the bills on their own. And that is a recipe for disaster. You never want to feel that way, whether you're the man or the woman. You want to share the responsibility of the marriage. And you can decide how, depending, you know, maybe the person, the your spouse-to-be makes more than you, or maybe he makes less than you. You can decide what percentage goes into that account. It's not like, it doesn't have to be 50-50 if that doesn't work for your family, but you guys have to have a conversation about it, whatever it is. Number four, who will control the family budget? Now, the saver most likely should control the family budget. 
and the saver should, you know, kind of make sure that it that you stay on budget because you definitely need to have some money set aside for savings every month. So the saver can control the family budget. You definitely don't want to, you know, go out to eat too many times or spend too much money on a vacation if you can't afford it. You want to have a budget and know exactly how much you can afford. Number five, are we going to share expenditures? So you need to know, that's kind of what I was getting to with the joint account, is that you need to know how are we going to share our expenses? How, who is going to pay for what? Some couples, what they do is they have one person pay the mortgage and then the other person pays, you know, all the other bills. You guys decide that. Decide that before marriage. So if you're going to fight, you fight before you're married. If it gets to the point where you can't even stand, you don't even want to continue to be married because the fight was so bad, at least you're breaking the engagement and not breaking the marriage. Number six, do you know how much your partner earns currently? So you need to know that when you get to the point of marriage, because you don't want to be shocked that, oh, I make $500 a month. And you're like, what? (laughs) What is that going to pay for? You don't want to be shocked. Find out now. How much does your partner make currently? How much does your spouse to be, your husband to be make? And then he needs to know how much you make. You need to know how much each other makes. Okay. Number six, does your intended spouse earn more than you? Now that doesn't matter unless it matters. If it doesn't matter for you, it doesn't matter at all. I don't think it matters who makes more, but you don't want to wait until you're married to find out if it does matter for you or if it matters for them. Like you may, you may make more and your spouse may be like, you know, he may not like that. And that may be a problem. You know, some men are insecure about that. So if that's the case, you want to know that ahead of time, you know, so that you can just, you know, wipe it out and deal with it. And if he has an attitude and he's, he wants to break the engagement, again, a broken engagement is better than a broken marriage. Okay, I think I'm on number seven. Is one of us going to depend solely on the other? Now, this is a conversation to be had because... One of you may be in school. One of you may decide to go back to school. You're not in school yet, but you're just thinking you want to go back to school within a year or two. That needs to be discussed because if you're going to school and you're not able to work at all or you're not able to work as much, that needs to be discussed because the question is, okay, while you're in school, one of us is going to be pulling our weight financially. I know of a couple, the man worked three jobs while the woman went to school. And then when she got out of school, then she worked extra so that he could go to school. That's just how they did it. So you have to have that conversation, you know, even if it's not immediate intention, if you're intending at all that you want to do something that's going to require you to work less than you're working now, the person needs to know. Number eight, is your spouse to be overly money conscious? Some people are very money conscious and you need to know that. You need to have those conversations because you don't want it to get married and, you know, it's, it gets on your nerves. You just want to quit the marriage and, you know, you're tired of him beating down your neck about how much you spent and all of that. If they're overly money conscious, you need to know. Number nine, does he or she make a point of paying back borrowed money? So you need to know if he, pays back his debts, you need to know what kind of debts he has. And you need to tell him what kind of debts you have as well, because you're going to be sharing them. Again, these are questions to ask when you have been engaged, when you when you have a ring and a date. Don't start asking these questions ahead of time of that. Number nine, what does he or she consider a wise investment? 
you know, he may consider Ferrari a wise investment, which of course is not, but he may consider a Ferrari because even Ferraris, you know, depreciate in, in value. What do they consider a wise investment? What are they planning for the future? All of that you need to know. Number 10, what are their views on taking loans? You may think that it's bad to take loans, that it's bad to be in debt, because the Bible says that the borrower is servant to the lender, but they may not view that way. They may think it's okay to be in debt as long as it's for business, or it's okay to be in debt as long as it's for school. It's okay to for be in debt as long as you know, you're going to make money out of it, or it's okay to be in debt as long as you're enjoying yourself, as long as you can pay the, the note every month or the loan every month. Why not? You guys need to discuss it. There's no right or wrong. It depends on what you want and what you guys believe. The word of God does speak against being in debt in several scriptures, but some people have a view that if you're in debt, you know, for business, then it's okay. So you guys need to discuss that. And number 11, how much of our earnings should we save? You need to know how much of your earnings you should save. Should you be saving 20% every month? Should you be saving 10% every month? Should you be saving 30% every month? You need to know because you're going to be sharing a certain portion of your money. And number 12, what degree of wealth does he or she consider ungodly? You'd be surprised on how many people consider it ungodly to be prosperous. They consider it ungodly to have money. They think that, you know, you should be humble and that if you're not, and if you have money, then that means you're not humble. That means that you're not godly, but God's word says different, but you don't want to get married to somebody and you're thinking about building wealth and using that wealth to help society, using that wealth to build God's kingdom, and even using that wealth to help your family or build your family up. And a person feels like that is wrong. They consider that that that's ungodly to do that. You need to have an idea of what they consider about financial prosperity, what they consider about financial prosperity and being a Christian. Not everyone, not every Christian believes that Christians should be prosperous. So that's one of those questions that you ask ahead of time so that you have a firm grip and a firm understanding on what they believe and what they desire. So that again, there are no surprises. Now, when you ask these questions, it helps you prepare for a marriage that is going to be blissful. Will there be challenges? Yes. Every good thing has challenges. But if you ask these questions ahead of time and you're able to talk about them and you're able to be transparent with each other and you're able to hash it out, you know, just deal with everything, it makes it so much better. I hope you get a lot of this episode and I hope that when you get to this position of being engaged, that you you have the bravery and the courage to ask these questions of one another. And, you know, you don't have to ask them all at one time. You don't say we need to talk. Never do that to a guy. Never tell a guy we need to talk. But, you know, you can bring them up in conversation. You know, you have your list of questions. Bring them up in conversation here and there. You know, oh, you know what? What do you think about investments? That can be why you're having ice cream or something. You know, you you don't have to bring them. You don't have to say we need to talk. And here's point one, two to 12. (laughs) All right. Have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself now. Bye-bye. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. 
Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard, out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.